0: Welcome to the Forge Leadership Podcast. In this series, Simon Barrington and Johnny Abbott are joined each week by emerging leaders from the millennial generation. Today, our guest is Seb Gray. Seb is one of the leaders of Soul Edge and Rock UK and lives a life full of adventure. So, welcome to the Forge Leadership Podcast. Uh, today, I'm with Johnny Abbott again, our co host. Hello, everybody. And uh, we're interviewing Seb Gray. Uh, Seb is a lead instructor with Rock UK. Uh, Rock UK is a charity um, that works with schools and uh, youth groups uh, providing outdoor adventure. So, uh, Seb, uh, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hello. And um, what do you do on a day-to-day
1: basis with, as, as an instructor
0: with Rock UK?
1: I personally don't do a lot of instructing, actually. I sort of manage the instructor's team, the instructing team. Um, so that's from, uh, everything from, uh, making sure just everything's safe and risk assessments are in place and, uh, the sessions are of high quality. Um, but then to also mainly lead, lead the instructor team on maybe in their faith or in their character or how they interact with customers and groups, um, and do it in a, in a way that's just better than average and standard. Um, yeah, so that's the main thing i do and the main thing I love to do about the job.
0: Brilliant and um, I presume you must have started off as an instructor though doing the high ropes and archery and all the fun stuff yeah?
1: Yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah in Scotland in the cold um, every morning breaking ice on a lake with in my canoe practicing that sort of stuff um, yeah so I did two years up there uh, learning the ropes as it were and water skills and archery as you say and all of that yeah.
0: Yeah so how do you become lead instructor for rock the U- rock uk because i i'm sure there are people listening out there who go that that sounds like a fantastic job <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um well, what's your journey been into uh, that leadership role
1: sure yeah i think when i was an instructor i was noticing i had a had a mind for and a, a desire and a bit of a passion for sort of growing something as a whole rather than just being out there and doing instructing and, and doing the, the stuff face to face with the customers. But I definitely had, I would look at things, um, I don't know, systems, the way they worked, or um, particularly a group of people. So this group of people being the instructors and being like, ah, oh, what could we, we've got these people together, what, what could we do? How, how can we become better as a team? How can we become better as individuals? Um, use this sort of community space to actually grow in a really positive way rather than just come to work, do your job, go home. Um, so I saw that as something that that I guess tickled my interest. Um, and then as I just grew in my outdoor skills and, and knowledge and stuff and my I got a few um, leadership jobs under my belt, I then applied for chief instructor and, yeah, went for it. Cool.
0: And what are some of the, the challenges that you face in uh, leading a group of um, instructors in an outdoor uh, pursuit center on a day to day basis? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Probably much the same as any, any leader has uh, when they lead people, because I mean, whether, whether you're an instructor or not, you sort of all have the same uh, problems in life or the thought patterns or, or character. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just there's just so many different people with different viewpoints uh different backgrounds different histories different um values and beliefs um even though we might all be christians that sort of plays out in loads of different ways Mm -hmm. to try and i mean you're leading them but then also how how do you know that what you're leading them into or that the values that i hold and the beliefs i hold how do i know they're right um and why should i lead the others other people into that um so that's a bit of a An interesting one and then you know some people contend what you uh what you say and what you how you lead Um, so it's trying to find a balance between do i should i be learning from this or should i be sticking to my guns and and leading people even though there's contention um yeah so i just i guess the the diversity and of of people and who's to say they're wrong yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and so what? Are, what are some of the things you've um, and tools maybe that have helped you navigate that? And so, so what are some of the things that you do therefore in uh, your work to help you um, really understand who you are, and what your core beliefs and values are, and then live them out in in bringing
1: other people on into those as well. Mm, yeah, I think I think what's important, and what I found important, is that. I can't just be leading people into what in, into my opinions and what I think is right and wrong um, because everyone's got those. Everyone forms those from a, an early age, and what we think is right and wrong. Um, but to be constantly coming back to um, the Bible and and what's been what God says is historically uh, right and wrong, not just contextually right and wrong, not just what we say twenty eighteen is the way it should be but what from from day one what has god said are Mm. the right the moral the the things of value what are they and then Mm. my goal is to lead people into that um and so far obviously i get it wrong many times and i make wrong decisions and wrong um connections between what god says is right um but yeah the times that i get it right people people agree with it um, whether whether they're even whether they're Christian or not, you, you put forward the uh, biblical values um after studying them and, and actually like digging deep into what they are, rather than just you know, read the Bible before before you go to bed let it in. But what when you really get deep and dirty in it. Um but, yeah, people agree with it. People agree with it, whether they're Christian or not. Um, often people make assumptions like, oh, God and the Bible disagrees with or hates gays or hates this kind of person or disagrees with that, but it's just much deeper than all of that. And so, so what, what my, how would I do it? I mean, I think that's your question. It's spend yeah. a lot of time with God. Spend a lot of time in His Word, um, in, prayer, in prayer, in in uh, talking with older, wiser people. Yeah, learning.
0: Fantastic. Now, one of the things you've done is um, gone and lived in Canada for quite a time with um, Soul Edge. Mm -hmm. And I know Soul Edge a little bit from people that have been on it. It seems to be this amazing kind of um, outdoor pursuits where you stretch people really physically, emotionally, spiritually, take them right out of their comfort zones. Um, What's the essence of Soul Edge and
1: and, and why does it work, do Mm -hmm. you think? i think so the, the, yeah i think the, the way the reason it works is because um it takes a incredible model of the ship um which especially in 2018 especially in this day and age sometimes is pushed back is pushed against um which is it kind of says right come come to our environment for five months and we we will lead you in what we we think is right yeah in, in good and we will set the the boundaries we'll set the parameters Um, we won't get it perfect we won't do it, you know absolutely the way it should be but we we will lead you and and try it out see if it works so you know we set a real uh i guess we're able to set the culture of that environment because we take people out of where they come from, so England or whatever, put them in Canada in a house in the middle of the prairie lands in Canada, um, <laughs> which is just vast and flat and cold, like minus 50 at some point. So I think it was the coldest. Wow. Thing. Yeah, serious. Um, don't put your tongue on anything metal when it's minus 50, <laughs> which I learned. Um Cool. and does the inside of your nose freeze up as well oh though? my goodness yeah the inside of your inside <laughs> your eyes your eyeballs the moisture in your eyeballs actually freeze um so, wow. yeah and uh, your breath comes out and then lands on your beard or your hair or your eyelashes and then turns to crystals so you, you become this abominable snowman um <laughs> yeah it, it's painful it's painful <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to go running with skeegles on and
2: yeah very cold. So the so the question I have when you say those different things, cause that sounds, one part of me, the adventurous side of me mm-hmm. thinks that is amazing. Why would anyone not want to do that? Mm-hmm. The other half of me, the same part of me thinks, why would anyone want <laughs> to do that?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I think people, like why, why does anyone go and do SAS training or go and do a Tough Mudder or something like that? People often want to prove to themselves, like have I got what it takes um, to do this? Mm. I think Solish does mm-hmm. pose that sort of question a little bit. It's like, uh, we say you can do it. We say you can live this, this not tough or difficult, but this challenging lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think you can? And, and people want to test themselves a little bit. They come um, and they find out that yes, it's not easy, but you can do it. Uh, and that's, that's life that's that's not just soul edge that is life um you can choose the easy route or you can choose the tough route um mm. we're called to the tough route because we live with people we live we live with in a broken world where we need to actually fight for it um and often we think we can't do it but that's what i do love knowledge is that um it pushes you and it says well, it says scripture says you can do it god says you can do it so let's do it
0: and what do you find happens with those younger leaders who are typically what you know um, early 20s that yeah 1823 kind of something yeah 1823 okay so so what do you find happens to them as they're stretched physically mm. emotionally, spiritually you know yeah. what are the kind of outcomes that you see in
1: those younger leaders yeah I think typically people no, no matter how together you think you've got it people come and they get broken um mm. in their emotions in their body in their identity or what they thought their identity was um mm. their beliefs get challenged and uh, or things that they didn't even question before uh like why do i do this why do i get angry at that or why do i and why do i feel like i have to prove myself here why do i want to always be the bigger person why do i always compare myself to these people why am i stuck in this sin and things i never really questioned before they just thought that's that's life um a question we dig deep into why those things are there and what god wants to do about it um so people get almost stripped broken down um and then back together in a in a stronger way which is only Mm. god the holy spirit does like in people's hearts we sort of just facilitate it um Mm. questions and 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 pointing to scripture um yeah but yeah people get put, put back together stronger um not perfect but stronger uh yeah and then a much more out of a place of a stronger identity and uh uh, maybe peace or not, they're not trying to look good to other people. They're just happy being who they are. Then out of that, they're able to serve people, love people, fight for people better because mm. they're not thinking about themselves anymore. they think about others.
0: Now, one thing I've noticed, because I've had a couple of opportunities to be around a group of soul edges together mm. after they've been to Canada. Yeah. And one of the things that I've observed is just the deep sense of community um Mm. you know way way beyond canada um it's almost like a brotherhood sisterhood (laughs) kind of looking out for one another happens Uh, why do you think that is and what kind of role does community play in raising up the next generation of leaders
1: yeah i mean we are made for community aren't we like human beings um, are just designed for it anyone who who thinks they just want to be alone or live in, live in the mountains or something, there's there's something wrong, I believe, because um, we're designed to be with people and, and we grow closer together through experience and through vulnerability. So when you live in a house of 10, 12 people, you see people in their good times, you see people in their bad times, you see them when they fly off the handle and get angry, you see them when they're prying, um, in the corner, huddled up, broken. Um, and, you see, and you see them when they uh, are just making their jokes that are either funny or not funny. And you, 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 you actually know who they are rather than on right. a Sunday and a Thursday at home group um, or when you're playing badminton or whatever. You actually get to know yeah. people. Um, so, yeah, so, so you feel close. You, you feel like not only do you know them, but you know... Oh man, this person actually knows me. They, they know me in and out. Mm. It's hard to hide from you because mm. you already know. You already know what I've been through, um, yeah. Which gives people an incredible power over you uh, because you sort of you, you're trusting someone with who you are, um, yeah. and they can either do something with that or forget about it. And yeah. and if they forget about it, that hurts. So some yeah. there's some. Lo- there's some...
0: There's some long-term friends that we have that we say, you know, if you ever decided never to become our friends, we'd have to shoot you. you You're locked in there, You're locked in. Yeah. Okay. So um, now the um, research that we did with millennials, Mm -hmm. um, we went out and interviewed about 500 millennials and there were some key themes that, um, uh, came through. Um, one of them was about um, handling conflict, mm. um, and lots of millennials saying that actually conflict was really difficult to manage um, for them. What have you observed about that in your mm. leadership? And uh, as
1: in, like conflict in, in, in with people, or, conflict with, um, people that you're leading
0: or... Confl- conflict with people that you are leading, or conflict with people that you are leading, conflict in
1: teams. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think with younger people, so like teenagers and eighteen years and young twenties, although I sort of am mid twenties myself, um, people are very, they're not very, uh, withheld with their tongue. They're very easy to, <laughs> to <laughs> defend and, and accuse you of, of being something that you're not like, uh, or, you know, just call you outdated or bigoted or whatever. Um, And, and it can be very hurtful so i think one of the things i've had to do is before bringing challenge or facing that conflict to first sort of come from a place of understanding and forgiveness really at its simplest form like to before you challenge someone before you bring up that conflict to do it not from a place of righteousness or justice or you've wronged me, so I, I'm going to get you back. I'm going to tell you how I feel. But mm. first, forgive and and work at building this community that we've already spoken about, rather than just mm. just getting it off your chest. I think when we just try and get it off our chest and try and uh, prove that we're right and they're wrong, um, mm. that's when just arguments happen. And, that, and even if they back down, which they probably won't because you're probably coming at it, in a, almost an aggressive way even if they do that it, it almost won't even satisfy um, what you want so yeah to come from a place of um, forgiving them whether they need it or not um, and then I guess come, yeah, trying to bring it up uh, with them after that that's definitely the first the first step definitely don't always do it but
2: <laughs> that's what i know hoping Hey within the research I can remember one of my favorite lines within it was a great quote I can't remember who said it but they said along the lines of um I really admire those who can handle conflict well. Not with me, though. That would be horrible, um, which I thought was hilarious. That would be really funny. Um, it, it doesn't sound like you struggle with this idea of conflict in uh, in the way that other millennials might. Um, mm. And so if someone came up to you and said, hey, Seb, what is the one thing, the one thing to keep in mind when dealing with conflict, the, the, the most important thing around this, what would that thing be for you? I think one of the biggest
1: things is before you bring Challenge or, or or deal with conflict. If you don't have a relationship in the first place, if you don't have a relationship of trust in the first place, then wh- why would anyone take your opinion? Why would anyone ha- take what you have to say to be um, of value? So, if people know that you care about them, if people know that you love them, um, then much more likely, I guess, to to not want to get into a battle or a conflict or fight, but actually listen to what mm. you have to say. Mm. So yeah i remember on my own gap year uh, when i did soul edge there was there was one of the guys that i won't mention in names but he just annoyed me man like he was just
2: <laughs> i just
1: found him arrogant or or selfish and all this sort of stuff and i really wanted to challenge it and it, it, it very often built uh, or yeah built up into conflict and just us butting heads because all i wanted to do was put him right that was my own agenda i did not want friendship i want um to be a brother with him I just wanted to tell him how annoying he was and and wrong um and then I do remember being challenged by that just in my personal prayer time with God just like um before you do anything before you bring any challenge to him learn to love him as a, as a mate learn I guess that could be where that comes in but learn to love him as a brother see how good he is and how much you enjoy him look past. Those, the things that annoy you, whether he doesn't wash up his plates or hoover the house, like whatever, who cares about that? Look at look at him in the way that I look at him, God was sort of saying. And then after that, once you've got a friendship, when you say, hey, mate, by the way, I think this kind of, when you say that, it kind of sounds a bit arrogant. That's where you've got the, the highest chance of him saying, oh, fair. Um, yeah, d- didn't realize that. But if he knows you're an enemy, he's not going to take whatever you say.
2: Hey, Seb. We always ask a couple of questions on the podcast to, to everyone who comes on um, that, that we think reveals the most about them, perhaps in terms of their leadership. And so, want to ask you these now. The first question that we want to ask you is this: What's the biggest tension that you live with within your leadership?
1: Mm, biggest tension. Um, I think I would. I think I would say getting the balance right between calling people into into more and and calling people to be people of high character people of strength people of moral high standing um people that are going to change the world again the balance between that and just making people feel guilty for not being that and, and maybe changed um by you and, and them thinking you're just a high and mighty or or whatever and you know some call cool when you say church or people like this is who we should be we should be we should go out and love the poor and do all this (laughs) there's two responses some people are like yeah let's do it and others are like oh darn like there's just another thing that i'm not and and seb rubbish then because i I don't do that and i I can't um so that's probably a balance like learning to yeah i that's a, a tension for me is how do i how do i inspire people rather than just judge people I suppose
0: part of that is about the environment, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think it's Pete Winter who talks about um, having an environment where there's tight ropes and safety nets,
2: Yeah, yeah where you're
0: yeah. inspiring people to high challenge, but also where there's high support. They know they're mm. loved, they know they're cared for. That's true. They know you're out for the best for them, but it doesn't stop you. Provoking them, yeah. prodding them, challenging yeah. them <laughs> yeah. into into the highest and best for them as yeah. well. Which is a lot of what we've been talking about, really, is how do you create that community where people feel loved and, and accepted, but also where they, they feel challenged yeah. as well.
1: Yeah. yeah, I remember one of my mentors said to me um, early on on my first year of leading Soul Edge, one of the guys that just um, just seemed to not be growing, not taking any challenge, and and would just get angry at me for for bringing any any correction or challenge um and think that i was i didn't i didn't respect him or love him um so i said to my mentor like i guess should i just should i just ease off and stop stop bringing challenge and he was like he was so passionate in his response and it was just like we never stop challenging like never <laughs> yeah. um yeah. which has stuck with me it's like all the, people might be difficult but and you might need to adapt the way you challenge and when you challenge and and you might more
2: acceptance and love before you challenge but never challenging hey this next question uh, we normally ask from a leadership perspective but i think your experiences of spending time in minus 15 with frozen boogers <laughs> yeah. will, uh, bring a different dynamic to it but what's your greatest <laughs> excitement but also your greatest fear uh, when it comes to leading
1: mm,
2: yeah my my excitement is is easy like every day i just i get
1: excited by the potential of what the world and what my, the communities that I live in, what they could be like, if we if we continue to lead each other and challenge each other and and strive towards a higher goal. Um, but when we listen to the news or or watch the news, there's what, what are the what are the problems out there? We've got poverty, identity crisis, relationship and family breakdown, depression, anxiety, hatred. We've got all all of these things which and I see in scripture, in in what God calls the kingdom of God, like his, the way he wants it to be, I see answers to all of those things. And I see people freed from from that stuff. Um, my identity crisis, uh, poverty being alleviated. I see that stuff in when communities look more like the community of God. So that's what I get excited about is, is seeing people take a hold of that and yeah. Answering the world's problems—that's um, what I get excited about. Um, Brilliant. The thing I fear the most—I think the thing that's on my—I probably wouldn't call it a fear, but the thing that's on my mind the most when leading and, and striving for to change change communities and change the world—is—is is, um, burnout. I heard a statistic when I was young um, that was, I can't remember the statistic, but there was a high proportion of church leaders that burn out um and i'm just i just do not want that i do not want that um or let down i think it, it, it's a, it's a third i think really i mean that's not so, good yeah that's
0: not good well, that, that was a study that was done in the states of um yeah. thousands and thousands of leaders over a 20-year period Man. and they found that a
1: third yeah. Out, is, yeah determined not to be in that statistic well in that third anyway um yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of disappointment and letdown and you know you think you're making progress with someone or you think um a group of people are are growing um or taking hold of social action or something and then and then they just and they just fails and flops or people people reject or reject you or say that you're wrong and mm-hmm. um and it can be extremely disappointing um and uh and and there's a lot to do you know there's a lot to do so if you're just constantly filling your time with with battling, sort of almost like against the tide, sometimes it feels. Um, yeah, it'll just burn out. So so I sort of again, my my mentor asks me regularly, like, are you protecting your rest? How, how do you rest? Um, mm. yeah. like God put a Sabbath day in for a reason. Um, do sort of mm. take the heart of that. Um why God put that in place. So do we rest? Do I rest? Do it. Um, so, yeah. yeah. so one,
0: it. one of the most important things we do as a leader is, is set the pace, isn't it? And, and set the pace. Uh, well, my uh, wife, Heather, ran a London marathon when she turned 40. And uh, she learned to run the marathon by uh, running two minutes, walking a minute, and then building up to running three minutes, walking a minute, running four minutes, walking a minute. And, and then when she did the marathon on the day, it was like run nine minutes, walk a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, at the beginning, that meant she was lagging behind lots of people and looked pretty silly walking a minute Yeah, after the first nine minutes. But actually, in the second in the second half of the race, yeah, mm. um, she started overtaking loads and loads of people just because she set the pace really, really well and wasn't afraid to um, uh, rest as
1: well. And uh, so that's great advice, yeah. Yeah. And you do grow your capacity, just like she did, like running two minutes, walking one, like, and then moving yeah. up to nine. You do you your capacity yeah. to do stuff. So if we just protect it too much and just and never yeah. stretch yourself in what you're doing, then you're not – if we all stay at the capacity that we have at the very beginning of our sort of yeah. leadership life or whatever, and we're really – it's going to be – we're going to make minimal impact, but we do have to stretch. I mean, what if you get a family? What if you get kids and – you know, all I hear about people with kids is that they have no time, so what you just stop being a leader of people, um, you can't, so you've got to grow. You can, yeah,
2: hey, Seb, it's been great speaking to you. You learned so much, and uh, I love that in this podcast, one week we can be speaking to book publishers, the next week we can be speaking to someone who leads outdoors instructors. So it's been super interesting speaking to you. Loved particularly what you said about helping people. Uh, find out uh, what they're capable of and and that big question of am i enough love how you guys explore that um, really looking forward to uh, listeners coming back next time as we look to engage with more christian millennials who lead across different sectors of society um, uh, but seb thanks so much for joining us great thanks for having me
0: thanks for listening for more details on all of the millennial leadership research visit millennial-leadership.com And don't forget to catch up on the Forge Leadership Podcast at forge-leadership-podcast.com.